Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fallon. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the award-winning cloud accounting software loved and trusted by over 60,000 freelancers and small businesses, myself included. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash freelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance. For marketer, Gareth K. Thomas. Some people are freelancers, some people are consultants. I go for one-person businesses because, to me, it confirms that this is a business. Whatever you call yourself, whether you're part-time, full-time, whatever, it is a business. Having started a few different businesses, you know, they they can be so emotionally draining. And it's so important to have that separation from, this is my business and this is me. When you're in a sort of a normal job and, and working for someone else, you, you're relatively sheltered from a lot of the ups and downs. Whereas when you're running your own business, everything hits you. You know, all the really positive stuff, all the really negative stuff, it all comes your way and the buck stops with you. Yes. So there is Gareth. Gareth K. Thomas. I'll tell you why there's a K. It's because he's from Wales and apparently there's a lot of Gareth Thomases. So he puts the initial in, which I like. Yeah, so Gareth is this week's guest. Uh, You can find links through to what he does at beingfreelance.com as you can for all of our guests as well. Thank you very much for all of your messages about Val's episode last week. Glad you enjoyed it. Always nice to hear from you. You can reach out on Twitter at Being Freelance or at S. Folland. I'm on Instagram as well. Or just send me an email. If you sign up for the newsletter, some people were applying to the newsletter, which was nice because that's kind of what Val was talking about as well, wasn't it? Sign up for the newsletter at beingfreelance.com. But it's always nice to hear, you know, if you've enjoyed an episode, if you reach out to the person who was even on it, their Twitter handle uh, and how to get in touch with them is always on our website, beingfreelance.com. Also, the vlog is back. You can see what I got up to when I took that month off over the summer, how I coped with that, whether I actually managed not to do any work, as was the plan. So it's a little unusual because normally the vlog is full of me doing work. Is it or is it not? Oh, there's a tease. So yeah, go take a look as well. The vlog is uh, at beingfreelance.com or of course on YouTube. Uh, But yes, let's crack on, shall we? And go to Wales and chat to freelance marketer Gareth K. Thomas. Hey, Gareth. Hello. Hi, Steve. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for doing this. So let's get started hearing how you got started being freelance. Yeah. Okay. Fab. So, I mean, I I think that the story for me kind of goes way back to I I started designing websites when I was probably about 14. And I did that from my kind of, you know, from my bedroom at home. And that led to getting a couple of jobs off the back of that. And then Fast forward to kind of being 21 when I started my holiday let business. So that that was off the back of all those bits and pieces that I'd done up until that point. And I did that for 10 years. So so that that took us up to sort of about two years ago. And I decided, I you know, I'd done that for a while. The, the last business had taken 10 years to, to build from nothing into, into something. And I wanted a change. And I decided to become a, a foster carer. Right. Just to pause slightly, so at the age of 21, it's the first person I've spoken to who started a holiday let business. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So you were designing websites, but that was like on the side. Did did you study anything to do with that? No. I mean, I think one of my frustrations with school was that, you know, and a long list of frustrations, one of them was that, you know, I, I was aware of where things were at in terms of the internet and, and you know, the 
sort of skills that you need to be able to to make money online, you know, doing a really good job for someone. And school were just, you know, maybe, I don't know, say five years behind, which, you know, in, in internet years is, you know, may as well be 50 years behind. And so I just taught myself. But I, I found, I, I did uh, work experience. Uh, I was lucky enough to get in with a a company that were quite small at the time, but actually quite quite large now, and uh, and they really helped me because they opened my eyes to to what was really happening frontline at a you know very kind of cutting edge web development company, and and that really spurred me on. Then I kind of thought, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing now. This is this is the direction that I want to go in, uh, and I really kind of left school behind a little bit and just sort of did did my own thing. You know, went into school during the day, did my lessons, got my work done. And then would go home and and uh, carry on with my own learning in the evening. So, how did you end up starting a holiday let company? Yeah, so the reason that came about. So, when I was doing the web development work, I, I would build sites for other people and obviously get you know paid at the end of it. And then in between those jobs, I would either have time where I was waiting for the next client or just really uh, sort of a need to kind of learn something new and and try out different things. So I, I built a few of my own sites. One of them was in the uh, camping and caravan in- industry. It was just something that we'd always done as as a family. I worked with a few different people on that. One of them was a guy that then became my business partner at the Holiday Lab company. And the, the reason that we did that is that he sold his business, the caravan one, but they retained the rights to use the software, the platform that they built. They couldn't use it in the caravan and outdoor leisure industry but it was kind of online booking directory, that kind of software. And the holiday let industry at the time seemed, you know, primed for uh, some change. You know, they didn't have online booking. It was lots of, you know, send me an inquiry and I'll tell you if I'm available or not. Very kind of, you know, painful process for people that just really wanted to get away for a weekend. You know, this is way before Airbnb had come on the scene. And yeah, and so that that's how we knew each other. And when, when he sold his business, we we kind of joined forces. I, I was actually, I was in uni at the time. And I can always remember I went to my lecture. I think I'd been there about six months. And I, I went to see him and I said, look, I, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm six months into this three-year course. I don't like giving things up, but I basically had an offer to start a business. You know, and it's there's going to be some funding involved. And, you know, I think it could be, I think it could be successful. And to be fair to the guy, you know, he said to me, take it. He said, you know, if you, if you want to come back to uni in two years time, if it doesn't work out, you can come back. But you're not going to, you know, people at the end of a, a degree course, if they got this opportunity, would be would be, you know, very happy with that. So. Uh, so, yeah, good advice from him. Cool. So instead, your education was in, in actually running that. So like the website of that company and in the business in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always say that even though I kind of come from a bit of a coding background and I was, you know, self-taught for the most part, I'd, I'd never consider myself a coder and I never would, especially having worked now with with lots of really good coders. I realized that, yeah, I'm not kind of uh, cut out for, for that world. But I did it out of necessity. You know, I, I wanted to start a business. Starting online seemed to be one of the easiest ways to do that. And so, you know, it was too expensive for me to go out and ask other people to to build a site for me. You know, doing it myself was was the way forward. So you you did that for ten years, and then you said you you wanted to become a foster carer, right? 
Yeah, so it was around about, um, I, I trace it back in my mind to the Olympics. So 2012, watched the Olympics on TV, you know, had a couple of weeks of absolutely no work done along with the rest of the country, I think. And one of the big things that stuck out for me was the the volunteers that were behind the Olympics. You know, I, I think there was lots on TV then about how they they made the Olympics what it was, you know, put put London on the map in terms of, you know, this is what we've got to offer. And I just happened to hear a radio program in the car. Um, I think it was on Radio 4. And they had someone on the show from the UK Scouting Association saying basically that they were desperate for for adult volunteers. There was a waiting list of something like 20,000 kids just in the UK that wanted to start scouts that couldn't because there weren't enough uh, adults volunteering their time. And it just, you know, a few things kind of clicked together. I went on a website, filled out my my details. And I think the following evening, then I ended up helping a, a, a cub group, uh, which is just sort of one age bracket down from scouts. And yeah, I started helping there. And I, I, I've done that now for about six years, but it, it really kind of, it led me to the point of thinking, right, you know, I, I really enjoy this. There's something, there's something here that the rest of my life needs to involve this somehow. I didn't quite expect it to go to this extreme. <laughs> but yeah, it, it led me to the point of, so what year would it have been? 2016, I think, I applied for adoption. And I, I did that as a single person. So it's a little bit unusual, but, you know, they're, they're actually quite sort of receptive to, you know, there's not this kind of, you know, man, woman, couple, um, you know, is the only thing we'll accept. There's, there's a lot of acceptance uh, with that now. So I went there as a as a single person and I got approval for adopting two children, which is quite unusual, but I, I had quite a bit of experience by that point of working with, with children. And I went through the whole process. It took about a year to the point that I was matched with two specific children and it was, you know, everything was all planned out, got to the point where I'd, you know, decorated their room for them. I knew a bit about what they liked and what they didn't like. And we were just about, I think we were about a week off arranging a meeting and just no one's fault. You know, just a few things started happening with their behavior and lots of, you know, this, mm. you're constantly dealing with so many unknowns when you're, when you're dealing with sort of children that have suffered early life trauma, as, as most children in care have. And yeah, they, they just sort of made a decision then that the children would be better off staying in foster care. Just unfortunately, it all happened around Christmas time as well, at the end of 2016. So, so that was really difficult. And it, it sort of, it made me rethink the whole process. And it also put a lot of strain on me working, you know, running this um, holiday let business. And so it was time for a big rethink. And that that's where I came from thinking, actually, you know, I've done this for 10 years the timing is right for me to take a step back from the business. There's other people there in place that, that are more than capable of taking the business onto the next chapter. And, and actually fostering is, is a better fit for me in terms of what it is that I'm looking to offer and, and you know, the skill set that I have. And, and yeah, that, that's how I, I sort of, I very quickly then, because I, I was a pre-approved adopter, I very quickly then went through the um, fostering approval process. Okay. And for those who don't know, like, as a foster parent do you get paid in some way yeah so i mean the, the the terminology that they like to use is an allowance so it's all a bit complicated because i mean you you are declared as self-employed but the money you get the allowance you get is is kind of tax-free pretty much 
And yeah, I mean, it depends on who you speak to then. Some, some places will count it as a salary, some don't. And yeah, there's a bit of confusion. But essentially what they say is that we don't mind if you work and do other things or if it's a two-person household, you know, one adult goes out to work and one stays home. But everything has to be, you know, children are the priority. You know, these these kids quite often need, um, or I would say always need, a higher level of, of parenting than what you might class as kind mm-hmm. of average and, you know, just a, a much bigger time commitment with perhaps more health appointments than than the average child. You know, you've got uh, contact with, with birth parents quite often. You need to manage that. And plus all of the kind of psychological and emotional stuff that, that kind of comes along with it then as well. So that then becomes your job for a little while, does it? In quotation marks. Yeah. I mean, if, if anyone asked me what my job was, I mean, depending on who I was speaking to, in my mind, I always think I'm a foster carer first and foremost. That is what I do. And then with Clarified, with the business, that's kind of it almost feels like my side project. It's all set up so that I can vary it. You know, when things are going well with the kids and when everything's settled and, and we're doing fine, I can ramp up the amount of work that I'm doing. If things are difficult, so, we, you know, the end of last term, just coming up into the summer, there were there were lots of things going on. Things got really challenging, so I'm able to dial back work and and focus focus much more on my time and attention on on the kids. Man, good for you! So you've created a freelance business which is totally flexible around that key focus of of the children. How many how many do you have? Yeah, so I mean that's the other um, complicated bit is that so I obviously went through with my adoption approval for two children, thinking that I would take one, possibly two, and then I. I gone you have to go to a panel and sit in front of a a group of people and they you know make a final decision about whether they will approve you or not and then I think something like two days later I had a phone call to say you know we haven't quite approved you yet but you know take it that that it'll be fine but you know out of interest would you consider taking three children (laughs) and so yeah the the sort of the short version of that is that within I think three days after that phone call, three kids uh, were were brought to to my house, and and I'm very lucky because those three are still with me now, and the plan for them is to stay long term; that they will stay until until they leave home, basically. Whoa! And uh, and yeah, but very very kind of uh, time consuming and exhausting, and uh, yeah, a, a tough challenge. How, how old are they? Out of interest, just yeah. To- so. Th- at the moment now, the uh, the youngest is five, uh, middle one is nine, and the eldest is eleven. So he's wow. just started high school. So that's kind of a, another big big change. You mentioned Clarified. So Clarified Agency is your freelance business, right? Yeah. So you sit there presumably thinking, right? So what what can I do on the side to keep my business brain ticking over and also bring in some extra income? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think. Um, yeah, extra income is always welcome, you know, I think in any household. I really honestly thought, you know, in particular, you know, it, it was a tough 10 years. You know, we had good good years and bad years, but the 10 years with the holiday let business, you know, really was exhausting. And when I finished there, I kind of thought, you know, I'm, I might put my laptop away for, you know, six months and I'm happy to never receive another email in my life. And I was really surprised, you know, very soon. I, I think what I didn't expect is that actually work for me offers quite a, a good creative outlet. You know, it's something that I really do enjoy. And what's been great with Clarified is that I've been able to 
very much kind of cherry pick the exact things that I liked from everything that I've done before and just do those things. I, you know, anything that I didn't like doing, I can either outsource or just not offer that, you know, and not go into that, that world. So how did you start finding your first clients basically? So Cl- Clarified is like a marketing agency for freelancers and consultants, one person businesses, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, I love the term one person businesses, because I think from people that I've spoken to, you, you've got some people are freelancers, some people are consultants, there may not be externally a, a difference in the way that, that kind of you, you view them. Uh, but to them, you know, what, what they refer to themselves as is important. I think, you know, freelancers, freedom, that kind of link, you know, is, uh, is, is quite important. Um, and consultants often feel, you know, that they're charging for their time. They value their own time. So, yeah, I, I, I go for one person businesses because to me, it confirms that, that this is a business. You know, wh- whatever you call yourself, it is a business, you know, whether you're part time, full time, whatever. And I think that this whole area of one person businesses, I think that's just going to explode over the next few years. It already is. But I, I, I think, you know, I don't even think we've seen the the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's going to happen there. And so that that's kind of where the the idea for Clarified came about. And really my, my big push with Clarified is that I can see that one-person businesses struggle with so many things, marketing and branding and they're, you know, getting a website launched and maintained and everything. That those are quite simple fixes. There's not, it doesn't need to be really complex and I, I want to kind of come in with that very quick fix and, you know, let's get something live so that you can get on with running your business. Let's not worry. Let's not get dragged down by sort of difficulties of, you know, web hosting packages and all this kind of stuff. Let's just get something live so that you can get on with doing your job. And what made you decide to call yourself an agency, if you see what I mean, as, as a one person business yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it links into that one person business you know concept that. I, I don't like marketing myself just on my own name and, and the reason and I encourage others you know to do this as well that having started a few different businesses you know they, they, they can be so emotionally draining and it's so important to have that separation from this is my business and this is me and I think you know by, by calling the business you know just if I called my business Gareth K. Thomas uh, Consulting you know, if, if things weren't going well with the business, you can quite clearly see how the lines get blurred there. So I, I you know, I, I, I'm very professional with Clarified. You know, it, it, to me, it is an agency. I have an office. You know, there, there is that very sort of definite separation. And yeah, and, and I think, you know, having it referred to as an agency just emphasizes that really. So, I mean, you mentioned having an office there. So you're managing to keep work and, and life or family life very separate. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I think. I, I'm happy for them to overlap, but so long as it's me that decides that they overlap, <laughs> you know, I, I think so long as you're in control and you use that um, to your advantage, then everything's fine. It, it's when you kind of feel a little bit out of control and the two worlds are colliding and, you know, perhaps work is taking over your home life or, you know, that, that I think that's when it starts to get dangerous, really. What sort of office space are you in? Is it like a co-work space or a permanent on your own thing? So I, I'm based at a place called Welsh Ice, and it's um, a mix of co-working and private offices. And I've actually, I, I've got a bit of a luxury up there. I've got a private office at the moment, and 
the the reason for that is that I'm I'm very easily distracted. Um, so I, I I'm I love working in co-working spaces, but I don't really I forget about the actual work part of uh, of being there. And I also feel quite guilty for distracting other people and end up in lots of different conversations and distractions. So um, so yeah, I need to be in a room, ideally on my own. Yeah, lock the door, and, and that's the only way I'm able to get work done. Given who you're, you know, targeting client-wise, has being there been a place to find clients? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm still in the early days of of finding clients. I, I've I've been on a bit of a journey this last year in terms of figuring out what it is that I actually want to do uh, and who I want to work with. And definitely, if if you're if you're in a co-working environment and you're going to the events and speaking to people, and you know that there, there's you know, depending on the co-working space, I mean, ICE is is definitely, you know, they, they refer to themselves as a community and that that's absolutely true. Uh, the difficulty I've got is that I'm really limited on time and evenings and weekends are pretty much a, a no-go. It, it have to be kind of very sort of extenuating circumstances for me to, you know, arrange childcare for three children, have someone that can take them to all of their clubs and, you know, after school activities and everything for me to be able to go to to a work event. So I I don't think I get the full advantage of of being there, but I've also got quite a good personal network. So I, I don't really need to tap into that too much. But yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'd certainly recommend it um, as, a, as a great way of networking. And you mentioned wanting to build a business which you could sort of scale or flex. So that basically the foster caring was still the focus. How, how have you managed that? I think I've managed it really well. Uh, you know, certainly at, at times I, I felt like a failure because it meant not working you know it meant just being a foster carer and it's difficult because you know you you kind of build self-identity and you know for me I, I've spent since I was 14 I've always had some sort of business you know either you know sort of paying my bills or something on the back burner while I worked a full-time job or was in school or, or something and you know to to not have you know paying clients and and you know have that kind of thing going on I, I found that really difficult having said that you know looking back now that's exactly how I designed it to work and that's exactly you know the way that I wanted it to be that you know the, the guilt of sort of not officially working I can deal with that but the guilt of not prioritizing the children when they needed me most you know that that's not acceptable I, I you know I would lose sleep over that it would be you know cause long-lasting damage to them and and so you know that, that it really it, it does work you know to the point where I just have to stop working sometimes. Mm. And so does that mean managing how many clients you have, like how much stuff you take on, or their expectations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I'm very open and honest with people. I mean, my my website doesn't have too much in the way of content. You know, it's it's sort of clarified, obviously, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of honest about my my story and my situation, and I think most people respond really well to that to that openness. But also, I you know, in terms of the way I've designed Clarified, is that I don't really do any retainer work, or if there's ongoing work, then I do it in chunks. So if anyone reached a point where they needed work done immediately, you know, I'd be saying to them, look, I'm probably not the person to to do that for you. You know, I, I know where I am over the next couple of weeks. I know whether I can take work on or not, but I wouldn't take on a 12 month project and I wouldn't take on a rolling contract or, or anything like that. It, you know, it, it sort of, it loses me money in the short term, but in the long term, it means that my reputation remains intact 
and I build clients that trust me. So when it comes to school holidays, it's like, that's it, I'm out of here. I dial down completely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've just sort of, we're just, you know, getting back to the swing of things now after the six week summer holidays. And yeah, certainly had no, no paid work booked in for that, for that period of time. I still worked. I still did bits and pieces, but it was work that didn't matter if I didn't do it. Um, it was a bonus if I did. And it was lots of stuff that I really wanted to get round to, you know, things that were kind of definitely in the gray area of uh, between sort of work and, you know, I had a, a book that I was reading for a friend that had launched and, you know, a few different bits and pieces like that. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I definitely plan it that, that school holidays, you know, that that's blocked out on my calendar. I mean, you spent a long time working within that one particular business. What did you learn from that that helps you now that you work for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I learned if if I didn't already know it was that it's tough. <laughs> a, a business can build you up and knock you down 10 times over in the space of a morning. You know, I mean, I, I, I can definitely think of, of mornings where I'd open my laptop, read a few emails, feel at complete rock bottom, you know, we'd lost a client, someone wasn't happy with something, a member of staff was unhappy, you know, all these different issues. And then I'd get a phone call that would be, you know, amazing news. And then you'd be back up on a high. And then you'd have to sort one of the problems out. And you'd be back down. And you'd literally ride in this roller coaster. And, you know, it, it's difficult because, you know, I think when you're in a sort of a normal job and, and working for someone else, you, you're relatively sheltered from a lot of the ups and downs. Whereas when you're running your own business, everything hits you. You know, all the really positive stuff, all the really negative stuff, it all comes your way and the buck stops with you. So it, it certainly built up my resilience, but it was also, it was really tough. And, and yeah, I would kind of emphasize that to, to anyone that was thinking of, of uh, starting a business. Yeah. How did you find a, a way to sort of deal with that? So I went through the mill a little bit. I mean, I, what happened initially was that I really threw myself into the business and I, you know, that, that was my, you know, that was everything to me you know, really didn't see friends much, you know, saw family still, but not as much as I, sh as I should have. And then I ended up moving from, I'm, I'm based in Cardiff, but I moved up to Edinburgh with the business. We, we sort of, we had two offices, we merged things into one office. And, and when things moved up to Edinburgh, I moved there with the business. And at that point, I, you know, I was there for a year living there full time. And I, it made me realize how much I needed my friends and my family you know, having that sort of real separation from them, it, it really made me think, actually, you know, I, I need to shift my priorities here. And, and that really helped because then things started to become a little bit more in balance. And that if I had a bad day at work, I could still go and be, you know, around my friends and around my family. I mean, it sounds it sounds like an obvious thing when you think back or when you're sort of taking a few steps back. But when you're in it, you, know, you very quickly just sort of think oh, the only way to get out of these problems is to work more, to work harder, to answer more emails, to please more clients. And actually that, you know, that that's quite short sighted. And that's that's certainly not going to work in, in the long run. Mm. Obviously, from, you know, your work with the Cubs and the Scouts and foster caring, it sounds like you're great at helping build people up and mentoring them in some sort of way. Is anybody doing that for you? Yes. Yeah, so I've got a business coach, Debbie, and she is amazing. And that, that's quite a new thing, actually. But it, it certainly helped me because obviously, 
in my last business, I had a business partner and we certainly had some amazing clients, some really lovely people that, you know, you chat to, you know, most weeks and, and very supportive, you know, loved what we were doing for them, you know, really, you know, clients that you, you work with rather than work for. But when you're, you know, as I said, I'm specifically looking to do a job for a client and then I might not work with that person again. So you don't build up that that ongoing relationship with with every client. And I don't have a business partner now, so I don't have someone to kind of bounce ideas off or if something goes wrong, you know, someone to say, actually, you know, this is a blip, but don't worry, everything's going to be okay. So a business coach has been massively important to me and I, I highly recommend that to other one person businesses in particular. And yeah, that that's really that's where I get most of my support from. How did you um, find her? Like, I'm I'm intrigued as to how you know when the business coach is going to be right for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the co-working space. So, um, Welsh Ice, we we have a an internal Facebook group. It's it's closed off only for for people that are based there, and it's great because you can you know ask a question, you know, feel no sense of you know am I being judged here because. Nine times out of ten, someone within the the um, community has been through that themselves. So someone someone that I knew there jumped on a, a thread. I can't remember. I, I don't think I posted something. I think I'd seen something and I jumped on that. And then they dropped me a message and said, "Oh, if you're looking for a business coach, you need to speak to this lady. You know, I think you'll get on really well with her." And yeah, and 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 that's how that's how we sort of uh, met up initially. That's cool. And you mentioned earlier about trying to figure out, you know, as you. Th- set about setting up your own freelance business what services you would offer how did you go about figuring that out and refining it it's tricky because you know when i've started businesses before it's, it's almost always been about what is it that people need what what's the problem that needs solving you know where, where's the pain point with reserve even just you know with the holiday let business we really kind of went through three different phases it's it's been pretty much three completely different businesses all based on the fact that we launched to solve one problem realized later on actually you know there's a a bigger issue that needs to be solved here so let's go and fix that problem and obviously you know that the money follows and and keep doing that you know and, and i think actually if you look at most businesses that have lasted a long enough time they're all really good at pivoting to, to some extent whereas with this business it was much more you know we're working with debbie i i literally drew a list of here's a bunch of things that i'm good at how can i put all of those together and and sell that i i was kind of less concerned about what it was that people would pay for because i don't need to pay other people's salaries i don't have huge fixed costs so i, I it, it's allowed me a lot more time to experiment and to, to build up something that is purely based really on on the stuff that i enjoy yeah now i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie what do you have for me yeah okay so first one is while i was in school i got five a stars at gcse and then i went on to do uh, my as's and my a levels and i got four a's at a level uh, my second one is that I was featured in a national advertising campaign for .NET magazine, and that was whilst I was a teenager. And my third and final one is that I was the only kid on the school bus with a company mobile phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me quite so <laughs> Okay, company, given your industrious entrepreneurial start in life when you were like 14, 
15 so and you did a level so that would take you into like 17 80 i'm gonna say company mobile phone is true so national ad campaign as a teenager for .net magazine you said that's possible five a stars uh, do you know what i'm not going to be happy if it turns out no i only got four a stars it better not be that kind of light i mean you went on to uni so you must have done well i don't know you almost sounded earlier like you were more fussed with real life learning than school learning so no okay i'm gonna say i i don't know but i don't know, maybe you totally flunked and you didn't get anything but i'm gonna say the GCSE, all the A stars, that one, that's a lie. You're right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And no, it, it's not It's not even a little bit close. I, I pretty much completely failed everything that I did in school. You see, I picked up on that earlier, but, but actually it was more everything else that, that you were learning from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of, I really got disillusioned with school and it's it's tricky for me because now, you know, especially trying to support the kids and, you know, get them to, to do well in school, you know, and I really appreciate what, you know, a fantastic education we get for free in, in this country. And I feel quite guilty, actually, looking back that I didn't make the most of that while, while I was there. I took it for advantage and I, I you know, I, I really didn't make the most of it. But at the same time, you know, school kind of failed me a little bit. You know, I, I, I'd had lots of things that I was interested in. And I really enjoyed learning. And I think the way schools are set up, it's that they almost, you know, beat any pleasure of learning straight out of you. You know, by the time you leave, most people don't don't want to continue learning. You know, they're, they're doing it for, you know, to get a job or to go to uni or you know, whatever it is that it's not driven by that passion. And that's something that I want to work on in the next few years with with, um, with people, definitely. To keep learning yourself? Yeah, and, and to bring, you know, there, there's a need in schools that at the moment, everything is focused on get good grades, you know, pass your exams, that's good for the school, that's good for you, go to uni, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, it's still like that now. And it shouldn't be, you know, that there are other things that people could do, you know, myself, you know, I, I would feel like I'm representing the corner of, you know, starting a business, working for yourself. But, you know, there are there are plenty of other options as well. And, and that's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. And it's definitely something I'd like to, to do more on. Mm. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance or, you know, being a business, what would that be? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, it sounds obvious, but that it's possible. You know, I, I think whilst you're in this ecosystem, whilst you're in this little bubble of, of school, your path seems quite clearly set out. And actually, the idea that you could just start a business, even while you're in school and make real money, I, I think that still seems a little bit alien to people. I, I, I think a lot of people don't really believe that it's possible, even as adults, you know, there are lots of people that really struggle with, well, I'm in a job, I'm kind of stuck here, I don't know what to do, I don't, you know, I've always had this idea of something that I want to start. You know, my advice is always start it, you know, if, if it takes off and it's busy, then if you kind of, you know, your questions are answered. But um, if it doesn't work, you know, there's, there's no big, big deal, you know, that the, the main thing is that it is possible to start, you can do that right now. And, that, you know, I was lucky that I had one or two people along the way that just at the right time, said to me actually you know if you want to do that you should just go do it and so that that's that's what I would tell my younger self you know go do it it's possible don't worry about failing because if you fail you know oh well never mind go do something else but yeah that 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 would be my advice 
awesome advice too gareth thank you so much go take a look at gareth's website uh, if you go to beingfreelance.com i'll put a link through clarified is the name of it and you'll see gareth's photo on the front fo- which is great photo obviously there's only one photo there there's another one further down i think but actually when i asked you for a photo you sent me like there were loads to choose from yeah. such awesome <laughs> photos to pick from as well i really need to do that yeah yeah so um a friend of mine alex is a is a photographer he's a really good guy I, I hate having photos taken of myself, but it was Debbie, my business coach, that, that really said to me, look, you know, you, you are the business. You know, if, even if you want to keep that separation of calling the business an official name, you know, you, you are what you're selling. And it's advice then that I give to other people to say, you know, nobody can duplicate you. So if you, if you build the business around your personality and the unique things that you have to offer, that makes it really hard to to copy. No one will come close to to what it is that you're offering. And yeah, and it it is actually sort of the the photography and the fact that I've really included my personal story into how you know of how I got to this point. Those are the two biggest pieces of feedback that I get from people that say, "Oh, you know, really love that," um, which is really nice because you you know for me, I I wasn't comfortable putting myself front and center. And to have people say, well, actually, that's why I now remember you. And that's why you stand out. You know, that that's really lovely to, to get that feedback. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Good for you. Uh, yeah, do take a look. Um, beingfreelance.com, link through. And also in your services of what you offer is, you know, a one-person website, for example. And then the next on the menu is a one-person website, brackets, plus breakfast. <laughs> yep, yeah, breakfast <laughs> like included. Breakfast <laughs> included, I love that. So, yeah, go go take a look, beingfreelance.com, as ever with all our guests. doesn't matter what they do for a living. doesn't have to be what you do. Please take a listen to all of them and then follow the links through at beingfreelance.com, where we also put transcriptions for all our guests, particularly over the last couple of seasons, you'll find transcriptions, and then we're trying over time to do all of the back catalogue as well. So if you know somebody who perhaps can't listen or prefers to read, then um, then please, you know, make sure that they know it's still there for them and help spread the word. But for now, um, Gareth, thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was Gareth. I'm recording this as I go for a walk. Basically, before I hit publish on the podcast, I go for a walk and I have a listen to them, make sure they're all okay. And just as I got to the end of this one, I thought, you know what? There's something else I really should mention. So I'm recording this while I walk. If you are a freelancer and a parent, then I really recommend the Doing It For The Kids community on Facebook, on Instagram, really good blog as well, run by a fantastic freelancer called Frankie, who, by the way, has just become a mum for the second time last week. Yes, so congratulations to her and her family. Always applaud anybody who brings another potential freelancing listener into the world. Anyway, Doing It For The Kids, if you're a freelancing parent, I really recommend checking them out. It's very supportive, very funny, and uh, a great space to be in. And anyway, that's how I first encountered Gareth's story. He wrote a really nice post for the Doing It For The Kids website, and I will put a link for that at beingfreelance.com as well. All right, that's enough. I'm out of here. You have a brilliant week being freelance. Freelance.